0: I Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa and Jared and
1: I Heart Radio podcast. Yeah! 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 All right. Hello. Yes. As you heard right there, welcome to a new episode of Help I Suck at Dating with Dean, Jared and Vanessa. Oh. Oh. My stars and stripes I'll i tell you we're literally upgrading. just got goosebumps i think
2: it's a dean I vanessa like
3: butterflies oh.
2: whenever that goes
3: off. very exciting you know spade well, and you caught the difference I there like vanessa it. right I that's, that's the whole point is there was a difference in that one than there was in every other episode it's now dean vanessa and jared no longer okay good Feeling they really, good. really, good. really I caught on to that but i'm glad you did it. anyways as jared said welcome to another episode of help i suck at dating with all three of us here we are
1: I, I believe and Mark too. I first. believe Mark
3: should have to maybe include his name
1: as
0: well. I'm like the furniture. I'm just if it's an iHeart Podcast, I'm just in the background.
1: So. Uh, you are not the furniture, but if you were, you'd be the nicest oh, classy couch, classy, couch, classy like expensive. Ta- I don't even oh know what that, that is. Yeah, oh, yeah, just, but you're that.
2: Who is that? Or a chaise. It can be a chaise. Oh, I'll be a chaise.
3: Um, all right. Well, let's just get right into it. So we have some current events that are we've all been dying to talk about. At least I know I have. Obviously, we heard about Ariana and
1: Pete, right? Of course, oh, they're engaged. Goodness, yes. Um, what do we How do we feel about it? Well, Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson, Pete Davidson from SNL, and then everybody knows who Ariana Grande is. Apparently, this morning it got announced that they are now engaged
2: after three weeks of dating.
1: About three weeks, yeah. Not only three weeks of dating, but they were dating other people in early May, oh, broke up with them, then got together, and now a little less than a month later, she's got a ring on it. How, how do does, we feel? How does this happen? It just happens so fast. It's weird because maybe it makes me think that obviously maybe they had met before they started dating and there uh, was like some yeah, feelings there
2: before you start dating. It's like a different type of relationship. So until you're in it romantically, like it evolves, right? It, it, it could either like be really into it or it could be really good at the beginning. And then it starts dying out. I just feel like it is a little early, but who am I to say I got engaged after two months.
1: That's the thing. So do you think it's early? Because Vanessa, you got engaged to Nick after two months. This is yeah, about three I also, weeks.
2: Like, I, I got engaged after two months of knowing I was on a show that kind of led to that decision in the end, in the real world, I don't, I wouldn't picture myself, I wouldn't, you know, never say never, but I wouldn't picture myself getting engaged that early on. And you don't really know someone. It takes you a while to get to know someone in and out. And especially for me, I want to see how that person is in an argument and how they deal with conflict and how they resolve a situation. And I mean, can you really argue after three weeks of dating? What can you You
1: know, how deep can you have relationship at that point? Exactly. There's really not that much to argue about because it's all puppy love. I would venture to say that Ariana and Pete are a
3: little bit different than Vanessa and Nick, for lack of a better comparison, and obviously every bachelor engagement, just because (laughs) I'm sure these two had spent, in reality, more time together than any bachelor couple has up until the point of their engagement, for better or for worse. Well, mostly for worse in that sense.
2: That's true. But I mean, okay, wait, Dean, uh, everyone here is over like 25. She's 24.
1: Oh yeah, she is very young. And yeah. so it's Pete Davidson. He's twenty four as well. They're both twenty four. So good
3: you, for oh, I really? say good for
1: them. They're young, they're in
3: love, they want to get married. Go Which, for it. But that's not the question. Do you think it's too soon? It's not too soon. I will I will say this. I will forever be team Ariana and Mac Miller, just because I've been a fan of Mac Miller's music for a long mm. time. And granted, I don't know you know what happened with all that, but they were just cute together. But happy for Ariana and Pete. I don't think it's too soon at all. I mean it's very soon. But it is very when soon when you know you know.
0: Could you, would you propose to someone after three weeks, Dean? If if
3: everything in my body told me to propose to someone after three weeks and I was like, I can't stand another moment of not being engaged to this wonderful person, then why not just do it? Like if I right now feel like I want to spend the rest of my life with you and I'm very confident in that decision, then sure, get on. Get on and we also, like
1: you. I said, we don't know how long they knew each other before they started dating. Maybe this was like a couple months leading into it and they were things were fizzling out with their other person and they were like, wow, this person's incredible. We've gotten to know each other. I kind of want to break up with this person to date. P or whatever. And get married to. And then, but okay. maybe three weeks in, they were like, this is everything I could possibly imagine it being. Let's just get engaged and let's do this thing. And let's move forward let's with let's our do lives. Thing. Vanessa, let's do the damn thing. Vanessa, I got a question for you. Well, so I you said
2: for you guys, but go ahead. All right. Ladies well, first. go
4: ahead, Darren.
1: ladies first. Exactly. So I will ask the question. Page uh, <laughs> <board>. <laughs> um, uh, my question is, you said that obviously you were on a show before you got engaged for two months. That's kind of the bachelor bubble, the bachelor uh-huh. world. Do you feel that you didn't really start dating Nick until after? After you got engaged, like you guys left the show and you're like, okay, now this is actually us dating.
2: Oh, I mean, absolutely. We felt like we were dating after the show started. I I would feel like after March. So from November until March, when we had to keep it a secret, yes, we were seeing each other and and all that stuff, but the real relationship came after March and, and uh, once we were able to just do normal things. But my question for you guys is, is there a difference for men between being engaged and getting married. So, yes, Ariana and Pete got engaged, but does that mean, is that as significant as getting married for men? Like, for me, an engagement is like, yeah. if I'm getting engaged, that's leading to marriage. Unfortunately, my last engagement did not work out. Super bummed about it, but for me, it was, kind of like my end-all, be-all, and I think that's why it was hard for me to get over the breakup because I envisioned that engagement leading up to a marriage. So is it the same for you guys.
1: I'd like to also point out, thank you for calling us men because uh, I've always considered ourselves boys, but hey, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, fist bump. Um, so yes, there's a huge difference between being married and engaged, obviously, because being engaged is obviously just a promise saying, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Let's work on this. Let's get together and move forward with our relationship where marriage is completely different. That is a signed bond that like, for example, if you break up while you're engaged, you can simply just say it didn't work out. Let's move on with our lives. If you're married and you break up, there is a whole the divorce. government has to be involved. Exactly. There's well, a I huge that, but, difference.
2: But are you saying then, okay, so it's not a huge deal that Ariana and Pete got engaged? It's
1: a big deal, but it would have been a far bigger deal if they got eloped. If they oh, got yeah, eloped, yeah. If they eloped, if they eloped. If they eloped,
3: excuse me, yeah. proper English, you know. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. Um, I think it's just as big of a deal. I think an engagement is the more or less the same thing as a marriage, where it's like you're promising to spend the rest of your life to this person, com- committing and dedicating yourself to this person. And the, the engagement period is essentially, it's like, it's like escrow, it's like, well, maybe a little bit more serious than escrow. It's like, it's like the steps that are necessary in order to get to that point where you have the government involved. that's telling a pretty you that good you're analogy, engaged. I think. Right? Escrow. It's like, it's like a short amount of time. Um, and so I think it's very much the same thing. Granted, obviously, like Jared said, it's not necessarily as legal, you don't have to go through many steps to break it off if it, God forbid, doesn't work out. But the way that I view it personally is an engagement is a marriage.
1: Well, the way I view it is the engagement is promising that you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, which is similar to marriage. But unfortunately, as we all well know, when you get married, it doesn't always work out. And so I do feel that there is, for example, like Vanessa, not to use you as an example, but or I'm going to. <laughs> for example, well, Vanessa, Vanessa not to use an example. Go. I mean, Bye. think about what happens if you got married to Nick. I mean, wouldn't the breakup be ten times harder if you were actually married to him rather oh, than just engaged? Because
2: then there's like finances, finances involved, and all that stuff. I guess like maybe this might sound like a weird comparison because I'm kind of going through it, through it right now. An engagement could kind of be like the difference between renting a place and buying a place. You know, like renting a place, you so, kind of could get out of it. Buying a place, you're like really invested in it, and you're like, oh, it's going to be, you know, I'm, let me think about my decision whether or not I want to leave. So you rented
3: place. Nick instead
2: yeah, of I <laughs> <know>. <laughs> <And then> Nick. <laughs>
1: well, yeah. So no, I'm
2: saying I'm looking for real estate right now. That's why I'm uh, so well, using that as a comparison.
1: I don't want to use. I agree to a certain extent, but at the same time, I don't want to say that engagement is just a rental because it's not. Because I'm also with Dean I'm on this point. I'm not
2: rental. I'm just saying like there's that that commitment is still there.
1: Yes, I think that. It, it,
2: It's not as big of a commitment as if you were buying
1: something. Dating is renting. I also think engagement is buying, but marriage is what's the next thing next to buying?
0: Well, it's what Dean said. It's escrow. It's escrow. It's a year escrow or a year and a half, whatever it takes you to get married.
1: I would agree. Because, of course, engagement is the symbolism of I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And so that's a huge, huge deal and should not be taken lightly. But, of course, I think that marriage is a bigger deal. If that makes sense, of course it is. Oh, I, won't, I, won't, I, I don't think those two things are thing. equal. How huh? long is the ideal time
0: to be in a relationship before a person proposes? And Jared, this is a particularly pertinent question for you, since oh, you so. in a relationship that seems very um, loving, str- loving and strong.
1: It's very strong, very loving. I'm so, the luckiest guy.
0: Yes, you are. So, but for everybody, what is the ideal time in your in your imagination?
1: Uh...
2: Oh yes, putting him on the spot. Jared. Why my dean could have because, easily jumped in here. Well, I, I like this was whatever in.
0: Jared
3: says in that amount of time, we're going to be like, okay, Jared, you, you said eight months, and it's yes, eight yes, months into the relationship. I think now. it's also a
1: different thing between Ashley and myself for the simple fact we've known each other for three years. Ooh, so track. Well, oh, what I'm okay. saying is that you know, yes, we've dated for about three or four months, but we've also known each other for a far longer time and have a, has had have had a very close relationship. Since the time we've met for over three years. So I know almost everything there is to know about Ashley. She knows almost everything there is to know about me. So it's more so, we're very comfortable with each it's other. It's
3: almost like you guys have a, a Benjamin Button relationship where the first three years of your relationship was purely platonic. It's like you're an old, old married couple that has like no physical interest yeah. in each other. And now you guys are all like hot and heavy and are able to like be super into each other.
1: It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think the ideal time kind of depends. You You should probably know the person for at least a year. You I should agree. know them, whether dating, you know, but that's kind of semantics. I think you should know them in some capacity for at least a year. Yeah. Dean? Yeah. Well, so you never gave us a,
3: a time frame, though, Jared. You never said, this is how long I think you should be in a relationship before you're oh, able... Oh, you
2: said to. a year?
1: But you no, said, know I said, them know, a know a the person for at least oh, no. a year. I mean, You've known, okay. here's the thing. Probably maybe a few months. <laughs> okay. I'm not putting time. No, I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm just saying. Wow. So according to my watch, Jared's been in relationship for three to four months. It's I don't know, Mark. How, how long do you think? You're shaking your head. No, I say
0: two years, it's and I said deflecting. this with our, our, our the other the morning show staff this morning, and I got some I got some disapproving head shakes. They, they Dating two for two two years. I think date for two years, no matter what, because in two years you figure out everything there is to know about the other person. You go through everything together, all the holidays, all the ups and the downs of a relationship. In two years, you know if it's right or not.
1: The holidays, holidays. I like that. That's
0: like go through all the holidays twice. And not only that, because. Have
3: to go through a second time to see if they learned the mistakes from the first time, <laughs> because that's an indicator for future success in a relationship. Yeah. I figure. Uh-huh. I was going to say one year, but I like the two-year mark. I think that's good. I think uh, I'll stick by one year. I think one year in a relationship with someone is enough well, to know I mean, about I them.
2: It, I think it depends. The older you get, like I think the more you know what you want and what you don't want in a relationship. So I don't know. I would say two years for me at this point would probably be a little bit too long. I would probably know after the first year of dating that person if I want to be with them for the rest of my life or not, because I'm not going to want to waste my time or their time.
1: Let me ask you this, Mark. So, question. Say somebody knows each other for like six months, mm -hmm. gets engaged, but their engagement is two years long, and after that, they are like, we are still 100% in. So, they've known each other for two and a half years before they get married.
0: I mean, to each their own. You know, I'm not going to be judging anybody, but I do believe... That there's no reason to rush. I don't understand the rush because people say, "Well, when you know, you know." We just had to get married, but why not stick it out for a couple of years? You're still together. Mm-hmm. It's still a relationship. Who cares when you Taxes. start the clock on the wedding? Taxes. Well, I think it comes down to when the
2: couple is ready to have kids. Too. Yeah, that's
0: true. Yeah. If and you're age is a huge part and of that. Clock is ticking. Then I understand the biological clock forty of it for a female. 40? I'm. I'm is the it number it, like 35 or like or not as much geriatric? Anymore. I think that's moving. I think it's moving. It's up. definitely
3: skewing older. But the technical definition of a geriatric pregnancy is 35. I think. I think that is I think true, so yeah. as well. Um, I will say that when I was 13, 14, <laughs> 15 years old, I always thought that I was going to be married and have kids by the time I was 23, 24 years old. So my timelines are always messed up. Like Ooh, I'm 27 my now.
2: Are off as well, Dean.
3: Right. So I'm saying I want to be in a relationship. I I think one year is an appropriate amount of time. But watch when I'm 29, I'll be in a relationship for three weeks, like Ariana and Pete, and be like, all right, we're getting married. You know, like I'm just
0: saying, I could see you doing that. I I I could honestly see myself doing that too.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I know. I I totally agree. Vanessa, I'm sorry. You're going to say your timeline's all messed up?
2: Oh my timeline, yeah. Well, it it is. It's done. My timeline's done. I thought by the age of thirty, I would have been married with at least one kid. I'm turning thirty-one in a couple months, and nowhere near that. But then that's
3: a question so, for you. So on the, uh, I don't know if you watched Bachelorette last night, but on the show, I didn't. Uh, Tia um, and Colton kind of talked about their former relationship before Colton came on the show to date Becca. If you were to date someone and found out that they had dated one of your close friends before uh-huh. dating you, how would you feel about it? Oh.
2: I, I don't, it depends on how uh, connected I am to that person. Um, I don't know if I would, I would obviously off the bat, I wouldn't feel a hundred percent comfortable and I would like to know the reasons why you kind of have like an insight, you know, you can ask the person why didn't it work out? how, How are they? Blah, blah, blah. And get like information from that person. I wouldn't write that person off, but for me, it would kind of be like a little bit, a little bit of a red flag at the beginning. Hmm. Something that I wouldn't want to have to deal with. Like, oh, I didn't want to have to know this information. It's an Why added obstacle, I guess,
1: in the relationship. Of course. And the yeah. question for me would be, what the hell was the relationship between you and my friend before you started dating me? Because it was, a, if it, is it a, like a one night thing that happened that emotions ran high? Right. Was it a weekend? Was it two months? Was it three years? Were you guys in love, exclusive? Like, it all depends on the situation. Because if you, if like a girl, like yeah it's a bad example because i was gonna say if ashley dated somebody one of my friends and i'm like well we're in the bachelor world so it kind (laughs) of did um and so but if like a girl who i was interested in dated one of my friends beforehand she was like hey listen we spent a couple days together it didn't really work out um and that was like two months ago i'd be like sure that's fine who cares what i don't care at all with the colton tia situation that makes it a little bit different is that colton probably clearly knew that tia was almost a bachelorette and for some reason whoever talked to who first like Colton was about to be on the Bachelorette. He thought Tia was gonna be the Bachelorette, and then a month later, she wasn't. Colton's on the show, and, it, he, and now he's there for Becca. It was a very
3: obvious attempt at collusion that failed.
1: It did seem didn't seem like something was weird about like because nothing was solved right about the whole Col- Colton and Tia situation last night. Nothing was solved at all. It was just Tia was like, yeah, we dated for a little while. And then Colton was like, yeah, it was a weekend, but the timing wasn't right. And so now I'm here and I'm here fully for Becca. And Becca was like adamant about how she was going to get to the bottom of this and she needed to know everything. And then it just seemed like there was no resolution. And Becca was like, oh, that's perfect. Here's the group date rose. It was like, whoa, 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 what happened? He got a group date rose after like, apparently everything was solved when it really nothing changed. Like all we know is that Colton kind of spent a weekend with Tia. During casting for the Bachelorette, when he apparently Tia was in the running for the Bachelorette, obviously the timing didn't work out because she didn't become the Bachelorette. I don't really. It was just there was no talk but about wait, feelings. Didn't
2: you say that he she had messaged him?
1: Yes. According- Is that true okay. though, that kind of According
3: To sources
2: that kind of changes things. It's like that's- okay, well, he if he actively went out to find her on social media and messaged her and slide into her DMs, then I'd be like, that's a little sketchy. But it was the reverse. I wouldn't be a out. Here's the thing:
1: what are the odds that Tia, who was in the running to become the Bachelorette, just so happened to slide into the DMs of a guy who was almost on her season? I mean, it, how did she know? The uh, so,
3: <laughs> this story was explained to me, and I wish I could remember more clearly. But that's how it works sometimes. Maybe she, because Colton did know. Or maybe this was after the show, like I guess I'd have even filmed in the first place. But I don't I'm not that blown away by it. Like maybe it was a very like inconspicuous DM, like a ha ha, like at this, like a to a story response or something like that. And then that kind of snowballed into a conversation. Yeah, but how did, so how did Tia know who Colton was? Yeah, I mean, Colton my was in the in the spotlight beforehand. He dated Ali Raisman, he played football professionally. Yes. Um so, so it's not, not out of the room possible. It's not it'd be like different than if someone that was potentially gonna be the bachelorette DM'd one of us
1: beforehand because we were nobodies. Yes, no, I agree. Still are nobodies, but more so nobodies. Um, but I think the only thing with Becca is that she was so adamant about finding out and it was, and it just seemed like there was no resolution. Like, we still don't know who talked to who first. Because you're right. I think it's it's far better if Tia reached out to Colin. Right. And it, it adds a little bit, a, a little uh, ease to the whole situation. So you, we want to see the receipts before we can... Yeah, don't you know? I mean, that I, wouldn't you? Uh, yes, but I mean, I'm... A,
3: I'm response or i've <laughs> what am i what am i trying to say i'm guilty of
1: dating someone that has also dated one of my friends before dating me there's nothing wrong with that but the fact is you're on a tv show so i think for becca becca wants to know listen colton That's did you not way, date okay. tia because she wasn't the bachelorette or did you not date tia because you didn't have feelings for her i guess
2: i mean listen the people who are on the show regardless are there for you know uh, okay did you guys go on the show to find love
1: no, you, well, you, a part of it, but of course, you go on for the experience. You go on for the exposure. You go on yeah, for a multitude I think of reasons. Is
2: kind of in the same boat. Like, okay, he just happened to have known someone else prior to that.
1: I agree. I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, and
3: I, I respect it and appreciate it. It's like I'm trying to put myself in that same situation. Like, had Corinne DM'd me before going on Rachel season, and then I dated Corinne for a weekend and then went on Rachel season. Like, I don't know. That would be kind of weird now that I think of it that way. It is
1: obviously a weird situation, but you'd still go on Rachel's season. How could you not?
2: But was he already going on, was he already a member of the cast?
1: From my understanding was that he was going through the casting process, right. but a pretty good idea, especially in uh, January, that he was going to be on the show.
3: And I mean, oh, yeah, he's a good looking so dude who used to play football and has a charity. Like, there's pretty good odds that he was going to get cast for the season. You exactly. Know? Right. He's very, like you said. Right. He's good looking. He's
2: good looking.
3: Well, we didn't really get anywhere with that one. I think that Becca, like Jared said, and I think he said he thinks as well, is that he, she kind of let him off the hook a little too easily. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there was some conversation that was aired, that wasn't aired that they had that was like maybe more resolute
1: in terms of what happened. But uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, and I think within our own personal lives, in terms of dating an ex who dated one of your friends, I think it's fine as long as you get an understanding from both sides what happened from not only your friend but the person that you're going to go on a date with. Right. That because and if it's
2: if you're friends with, if you're actually good friends with that person. I think it's important to ask them, and I said this last week, if they are comfortable with the idea of you getting to know the person. I agree. Not necessarily saying, hey, do I have your permission? But like, more saying, hey, we're not sure where this is going to go. Are you comfortable with the idea of Uh, us?
3: I dated a a girl in college who, before dating me, dated someone else. Um, And while that girl and I dated... That other guy and I like well, he he really didn't like me because I was mm. dating her and then that girl and I broke up and then that guy and I became absolutely best friends mm. well ah. not absolutely best friends but some like very 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 close friends yeah. I always thought that was kind of
1: interesting one one of my buddies uh was dating this girl but he liked his, her sister better and like so they dated no, for like a, yeah for no, a month no. and then yeah it just didn't end no. it didn't end well was it one of the Ferguson twins no this has nothing to do with Bachelor <laughs> this is a while ago that would have been funny though it like, would have been so funny I, I kind of wish it was did he try and make the switch uh towards the end so like they broke up and he was like trying to reach out to his sister like (laughs) a couple months later after things cooled down it was just non-responsive super platonic and he didn't like really put himself out there because he was too scared that he was going to be seen as a the biggest jerk in the world Uh, so but he was kind of trying that's when you suggest a menage a trois per seinfeld that's the best way to go about it (laughs) obviously
2: no that's it
3: the whole switch. Oh, yeah. I guess because they're sisters. I didn't think of that. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, thir- uh, nah, nah, Never mind. Well, <laughs> so for the next segment, we're going to talk to Chelsea Trescott, who is a break up uh, specialist. But before that, I think Jared wants to tell you guys about Brook Linens and how
1: great they are. I do want to talk about Brooke Linens and the new betting that you're going to discover on com. You know, you spend a third of your life in the sheets. Did you know this? Well,
3: yeah. You sleep eight hours a day, 24 hours in a day. Eight divided by 24 is one divided by one. Well,
1: third. if two plus two is five, then you <laughs> spend about a third of your life in the sheets and they make a difference how you see Brooklinen. Get better sleep with better sheets today. You can go to brooklinen.com. They're the best, most comfortable sheets. There's no big markup. You can upgrade your nightly routine and help you feel more rested every day. It was founded in April of 2014 by a husband and wife team, Vicky and Rich. Their philosophy is the most beautiful, comfortable home essentials, no crazy problems prices. There's no unnecessary markups and fees. Most bedding is marked up as much as 300%, but not Brooklyn. And it's the fastest growing bedding brand in the world. Over 20,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot of five stars. Wow. We got to get those numbers. We need 20,000 five-star <laughs> reviews on this
3: podcast. That's over 100,000
1: stars. Good job, Brooklyn. <laughs> Holy moly. They got tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can mix and match to complement any decor. This is luxury bedding underpriced. You have to try these sheets today. My Brooklinen sheets are the best and the most comfortable sheets I've slept on. Brooklinen.com has an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can get $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code HELP. H-E-L-P. Use that at brooklinen.com. They're so confident that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters. The only way, though, to get the $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code HELP, H-E-L-P, at brooklinen.com. That's brooklinen, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code HELP. Best sheets ever. Well done. Well done. Well done. Um, I will say, I just spent the weekend
3: in New York, and I was very excited to get back to my bed in my sheets, just because that's how comfortable they are. So check them out, com. Use code HELP. You don't get a better night's rest unless you're in your own bed, and use Brooklyn sheets. <laughs> Voila. Um, all right. So like I said before, jumping into that, we have Chelsea Trescott on the phone, who is a breakup coach, <laughs> podcast host of Thank You Heartbreak. Um, Chelsea, are you there?
4: I am. How are you? Thank you so Hi. much for joining us. Hi, Chelsea. Oh of course i know that uh people can usually not distinguish your voices so i'm going to try really hard to get it right do your best i hope you can distinguish my voice chelsea yeah I i got that right away
1: who's speaking right now chelsea Who's speaking right now? Oh, okay. Good job. Well done. Well done.
4: Nicely done.
3: That's Mark on the bells. Um, All right. So, Chelsea, thank you so much for calling in. Do you mind just filling the listeners in a little bit more about you? Like we said, you're a breakup coach and you're a podcast host of Thank You Heartbreak, but can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you do?
4: Absolutely. So, I got certified in solution-focused life coaching, and I knew that You know, there was a real opening in the market, but I saw there were so many life coaches, dating coaches, matchmakers, and that everyone was really resistant to talking about breakups. And from my own past and history, you know, I knew it was something that I could sit with people in the pain and confusion and really connect the dots with them. So breakups really just are my thing. And... From there, I started a podcast that really shines a light on the upside of heartbreak, and showing people that the most crushing experiences of our life is really an opportunity to become meaningful, relatable human beings.
2: I hey, you know what? I agree. I was just having this conversation. I went to see a friend this morning, and she's like, "Oh, how are you doing after the breakup?" And it's going to be a year in August that Nick and I broke up, and I'm like, "You know, it was really hard at the beginning, but..." Every, and I listen, I've been broken up with or I've gone through heartbreak so many times, and every time I go through a heartbreak, I'm like, I'm going to get better at this. I'm going to get better at that. But I think we all have our own way of grieving with the loss of the relationship. And now I try to look at it in a, po- a more positive light, like, okay, it didn't work out, but that person may lead me, the breakup may lead me to someone that I am meant to be with for the rest of my life and try to have and try to manifest that destiny. But I think while you're going through that breakup, it's hard to believe that, you
1: know? Yeah. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger type thing. And so you can look at a heartbreak at two ways. I think uh, you can either look at it at a pity yourself way, or you can look at it as a learning experience. I think for me, it there's a, a time and a place for grieving, right? So you have to give yourself a certain amount of time to grieve the relationship, the loss of the relationship, and then try to pick yourself up and move on with your life.
3: Well, let's ask the expert. So. Chelsea see obviously it, it varies on a case-by-case basis from person to person, but what kind of advice would you have for, maybe just like say a random listener right now that might be struggling with a breakup, um, heartbroken, whatever it might be, what kind of
4: advice would you have for them? Well, one thing I would say is that people come to me and they're like, I feel really strange because I'm not grieving it right now. And I say, you know, there's so many people that drag out relationships, and they've been grieving the relationship for six months. They've been crying every night with them. So one thing is, if you feel strange that you're not grieving it enough, just remember there's a lot of the time that you've been grieving it within the relationship already. So that's one thing I would say. Yeah. And then the other thing is that, you know, a lot of people want to put like a time period on it, right? And say that I have to be a certain, like at a certain place at a certain amount of time. And I think that's not it. I think it's a way of just like learn how to integrate the relationship that you've had. So it's not something you really have to get over, but something that you just implement into your everyday life. That when you meet other people, you realize that this built you into who you are. So Vanessa, you were saying that like, it's about learning how each relationship, they end to bring you to the next person. Your heart breaks to bring you closer to the person you're meant to be with. And if you think of it that way, you think, okay, things are actually happening for me. It's not that I'm getting further away from what I need. I'm actually getting myself closer.
2: I absolutely love that mindset. And I think for me, my struggle at the beginning when, I, when I'm going through a heartbreak is believing that it is going to be okay. And I and I remember when I was going through my breakup, people were like, it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine, and that's not the thing I, and you know yourself, it's like Dean said, it's case-by-case case scenario. That's not what I wanted to hear, and because we all grieve differently in that moment, I wanted a shoulder to cry on. I wanted my friends Absolutely. to be around me and to be like, you know what, cry it out, cry it out. But at the end of the day, I had to tell myself, okay, not that I wanted to give myself a time limit to get over it, but I didn't want to be grieving for the entire year. I don't want to, you know, because then you lose opportunities on meeting other people and, like, being yourself and getting back to that routine again. So I think for me it was important to identify my emotions and why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Why? Of course. Is it because of I'm grieving the, is it cause yeah. the void? Is it because it's my ego? And, and that's when I know I'm starting my breakup process, when I'm able to identify where my emotions are coming from.
1: You know, everybody yeah. really needs a good cry every once in a while. Chelsea, is there a certain timeline, do you think, like Vanessa was saying? Is there a timeline of, there's you know, you have to kind of move on? You've been grieving for too long, so to speak?
4: I mean, I think that you can get stuck in grieving, and that's like self-sabotaging, just out of fear of actually exp- exposing yourself about putting yourself back out there, but I think that ultimately, listen, people come to me because they feel like, like one thing I knew I had to be good at is being with someone in their sadness, is watching people cry, so last night I was at the solo house, I brought clients there, and you know, they cry at at the solo house, and it's about allowing them to feel comfortable crying in a space like that, it's not shameful, so you know, it's just like, it's being comfortable, like in the sadness, and also realizing that one is addressing why this happened for you and not focus- focusing or fixating on the whys of the other. And that's happening in order to grieve, and then at the same time you have to say how. So depending upon why you broke up with someone, for example, like I just got out of a breakup, and a big part of it was is that I knew I could lead my own life, right? And I wanted to see what that looked like. In a way, I chose New York over this long distance relationship, and in order to get past the grief, it was me saying like, okay, I'm going to do the very thing I said I was ending the relationship for. It's putting myself out in New York. It's upping my game. It's around other people it's leading my own life it's inviting myself out to places and it's holding myself accountable to doing the very things that i ended the relationship for makes
3: sense chelsea i have a question for you what's your take on uh rekindling a romance with an ex
4: mm. <laughs> having sex with them or rekindling like, what do it, we like, mean?
3: well like getting back together maybe less of the physical and more of like the emotional side
4: People ask me this and I never want to say like no to anything. I think it's about just really if you can go into it with a new perspective and a fresh way of thinking, if you have kind of upgraded yourself in a way, so it's kind of like they're meeting a new person on a new level, then I think it's good. But some people think like two weeks is enough. I'm like nothing's changed in two weeks, you know. I mean, Jared, for you, it's like, I feel like if I understand it a bit, it's like you, you saw Ashley in a new light. She had this job, she had a voice, she was around her family. Mm. You saw her as being like a, as a new person.
1: Oh, and, uh, yeah. The first time I saw her outside of Bachelor in Paradise. Yes. I don't want to think that like I saw her in a new light, you know, six months ago. No, I saw her in a new light when we first left Paradise. Yeah. And I first saw her outside of the Bachelor world in her house, in her element, what, two and a half years ago. Yeah, I definitely saw her in a new light.
4: Yeah, so what, for you, why do you think that you were able to soften around the realization that, like, that this is your person? Uh, Back then? No, I mean, like, you're saying that was two and a half years ago, so why now?
1: Oh, I think I just had to overcome a lot of of my own um, issues and try to move past those. And and, um, once I was able to do that, and once I... Uh, you know, saw the moment. It was like kind of the moment's here. Either I do something about it or I don't. And I kind of just exploded. And and once I did, and once I kind of opened up that door, um, it's been one of the best decisions, if not the best decision of my life, because I've come out of it happier than I've ever been.
4: Right. I think that, you know, people come to me, at guys a lot, for example, and they say, you know, a woman says that they're not ready for me. And they want to ask. Yes. So many men seriously, come to me and they're like, what do I do? This woman says that she's not ready for me, and I want to act. I want to be a man. I don't want to let her get away. And I said, one thing is is like, for a woman, a real action is listening to her, believing her for the first time. You know, it's like Maya Angelou's quote, when someone tells you who they are, believe them. And I think that like on the flip side, women will come to me and they will say, a man says he's not ready. And sometimes a man isn't ready because he's not where he's at in his life to treat a woman a certain way, to, to take them out, to do it in the way that he wants to. And it's about giving people the space to grow into the person that they envision themselves being for the biggest love of their life.
1: Yeah. If I'm being honest, I think a lot of people are scared and they use excuses to not be with somebody. And I think that's one of them. I did it in my own personal life.
2: I think it's a combination of being scared, but also a combination of timing. I really do believe in meeting someone, even if like, let's say, Jared, you and Ashley, like the timing wasn't right. Whenever you know, like two years ago, but now it just made sense. You were in a better place, she was in a better place, and the was timing it of it just
1: makes sense? Yes, of course, timing has a factor, but was it timing or was it my own insecurities and something mm-hmm. that I needed to overcome? But it took you time to get over I, the securities, the I agree. But it was only worked out because Ashley was still there, right? And what if she wasn't?
4: I think that though, it's not just time, like, time doesn't. Carry you, you know, like it doesn't create the change. You have to change yourself in time. And Jared, it sounds like you got over a lot of the insecurities, you faced a lot of things, and she happened to still be around. Maybe that was fate, you know, but like it couldn't have just been time, it was you changing yourself in time, and that has to be done. Like the work has to be done. Um,
1: What I'm saying though is that I had to force myself to change, and so I think. What I'm trying to say, like, for example, one of my buddies, uh, we were talking about it last week, who's about 36, 37, he always talked about how he wasn't in the right place for a relationship and he wanted to make sure he had the right job and the right place and like all these factors, right? And then now he's at an age where he's like, you know, there's just never, I just feel like maybe there's never a right time. Maybe I was making excuses and maybe I always push people away because I always thought that, well, I need to get a career first. I need my own life. And I'm like, well, maybe I could like develop other things while also being with the person I want to be with most. Yeah,
4: so, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, that's how life happens. I think that we all want more time in life, right? We yeah. want more time in order to break up with someone because we, we feel like we'll be more secure, we'll have our life together, we'll feel stronger, then we can break up. And then the flip side, like, you know, I'll have a, I'll have a better career, I'll be able to offer more, so that's when I'll start dating someone. And I do think that you're right. At a certain point, you have to realize that you'll never be officially ready. But I think that there's resistance for a reason, and, and I think that because, but yeah I think that you just have to face up and you have to you got got just gotta leap you gotta leap at a certain point
3: Since becoming this breakup coach uh, slash expert how has that influenced and affected your breakups personally? Just out of curiosity
4: Yeah so my ex-boyfriend wrote into my advice column Oh <laughs> so, wow!
3: Under anonymous yeah. or under his real name?
4: No 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 I mean it was uh, un- he, you know they make up a name right, like okay. it was a phrase so anonymous and then um, I, I certainly had no intention of dating someone through it, I swear to God. But, uh, you yeah, know, two months after we started dating, and how did that affect uh, oh, me so- as a breakup coach and doing it? Is, is you know, I, I did feel like I was, I was going to have to hold myself accountable. So if I knew at a certain point that the relationship was going to have to end, and listen, I had never broken up with someone that I was still in love with, that I had information that showed me the relationship couldn't progress and I think that like it, it just made it so I had to be more decisive and also on the flip side is like now he just kind of thinks that like you know I can just handle it all
1: oh, oh, oh somebody's dialing wait, wait, <laughs> wait. Vanessa I, I
4: hey, think but... that's my ex I think that's my ex <laughs> I think shut <laughs> me way. down. hold, hold on
1: yeah. <laughs> is that your mom
4: <laughs> she's all red that's
1: amazing use the phone in the kitchen
4: <laughs> mom I'm on the phone <laughs> oh my
2: god I'm in the bathroom mom huh? wait but you know, kennedy I actually question because I get a bunch of people who email me and um, message me how do you get over breakup how do you get over breakup and I don't you know I keep saying there's no real equation on getting over breakup and moving on we're all very different but one of my methods is and tell me if this is if I'm on the right path but I like to keep my distance from the person that I dated I'm not saying that I don't want to be friends with them at the end, but I need a couple of months in order to process things, and then I could be friends with them. And then maybe reorganizing my space that, um, you know, things that I have in front of me that may remind me of the the relationship or of the person that I dated that can, like, take off, to to remove some painful, painful memories, right? Reorganizing my space, keeping my distance, and then just, like, taking time to myself and not really... In having a rebound after because some people are like oh just date someone after and you'll you'll get over your ex-boyfriend but then it's like no i'm just transferring whatever emotions i have onto the next person and then it's like it's just like a snowball effect
4: yeah no i could never with the last one last one i think that ultimately when you do that you're just reacting so much to your ex so everyone's just a reaction afterwards i think in terms of like changing your space and the environment i mean yeah it's something that you know, for a certain type of personality really works for them. You get new sheets. You can paint something differently. You can take the pictures away. You know, I'm that nut that still has photographs of my exes through all the years. I'm, like, the most nostalgic person. I don't really like, you know, I'm not someone that, like, likes to block anyone. Um, I like to kind of put myself, to have to force myself to see things. Mm-hmm. So it's not like just putting a Band-Aid over it. But I do think everyone's different. So... You know, some people have to step away. They they can't be privy to another person's world, right? Hmm. Because it hurts them too much. But I think at the same time that, like, I don't know, for me and something that it's it's called the scenic route. The scenic route back to back to love. But it's like you know, just slowing down the pace and like allowing yourself to see that this person is still alive and feeling the hard feelings, but knowing that like it's going to create. You know, you're going to prevail. You're creating resilience from that Um, but again everyone is different and in my business it's about really trying to pinpoint a personality and not put on what I do for myself onto them Mm -hmm. I think that part of the equation though is like you know people come to me and they have these huge stories that they're so attached to and those are the things everyone feels like the exception so they go into the details and everyone's story is a bit different and they always want to tell me how complicated it is because of the story but for me and I think it's kind of like the power of bit of what I do is I'm able to connect the dots really quickly and figure out what they're not saying and just get to the heart of it, right? And sometimes I think that you need someone in your corner that just snaps you awake and says that like, you know, the story is a way of romanticizing and keeping up and going down and down further. But sometimes someone needs to come along and say like, hey, this is the through line. This is what this is about. Let's talk about what this is about. Let's get the lesson and just so you can figure out why this relationship is there for you. It has purpose i think if people feel like it wasn't meaningless and everything that you're in has a purpose that's what really helps expedite the grieving process because you know that you could still appreciate and be thankful again for your heartbreak
3: Hmm. well that's that's very helpful and insightful um chelsea well thank you so much for for calling into the podcast before i let you go i actually have one more quick question for you so this podcast has three co-hosts myself jared and Vanessa. Um, I noticed on Instagram, you're only following two of those co-hosts, <laughs> and am the third one, one uh, feels a little left out.
4: Who is, I, no, am I not following Dean?
3: I'm no. not going to say who you're <laughs> following. Just can, I just
4: tell you, can I just tell you something I did recently? I had all these hours to myself, and I started deleting everyone, and then I guess oh, you were you one of it.
1: It's okay. Um, hey, I'm, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm
4: not looking
3: for know, an excuse. I'm not saying it's me that you're not following. I'm just saying. I was
4: hoping you would pick up on it, the <laughs> beanie baby, the beanie baby,
3: in you. It's okay. Hey, all's forgiven. Um. All right. Well, so for the listeners, to those who are looking to save their relationship, save themselves, simply want to connect the dots, gain perspective, thrive in their single life, whatever it might be, Chelsea does offer phone coaching, email coaching, in-person coaching in New York City. So be sure to check out her website, Breakupward.com. Uh, like I said earlier, she's a podcast host for uh, called yeah, break, Thank You break Heartbreak. Upward. Break, break upward. Break oh, break upward. upward. It, is, it also, it's yeah. also break it's up ward. Break but... up ward. I think it was like a ward in a hospital. Yeah. Like,
4: oh my god.
3: Uh, so her oh, podcast, so thank upward. you for correcting mark i can't imagine why you're not following them. her her <laughs> podcast thank you heartbreak uh follow her on instagram maybe just not me uh at thank you heartbreak uh, and her email is chelsea at dot i like Breakupward. i guess tomato tomato whoever it might be um chelsea thank you so much for calling in and lending some insight and perspective for anyone that might be struggling with a heartbreak or just single life in general is really you know very very appreciative
4: Hey, just
3: follow me back, Bean. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Um, All right. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much again. Thank you, Chelsea.
2: Bye. All
1: right. Bye. Well, that was wonderful. Great. She was very sweet. And And she's gone. How about some
0: emails, everybody? My Uh, favorite part of the episode every single week. That it is we got a lot this week, and thank you for that. And you can always send your emails to suck at iheartmedia.com. Marissa, she's been with a boyfriend since November. They moved in together recently. She knows it's pretty fast, but this is the real deal. Everything's been great so far. But three weeks ago, he lost his job. He's been trying to find a new job, but he's extremely embarrassed that he is currently unemployed. When I started dating my boyfriend, we were wrapped up in the romance. It did most things just the two of us. And recently, I decided I wanted my boyfriend and my best friend to meet. But he is so embarrassed because of his unemployment, he doesn't want me to tell my friend that he lost his job. It's so difficult because my friend thinks I'm avoiding her. She knows I'm not telling her something, so I feel caught in the middle. I don't want this to come between our friendship, but I want to be loyal to my boyfriend That I really see a future with him. Marissa.
3: Huh. Okay. I don't um, think he well, should be embarrassed about his unemployment at all. Yeah. I, I introduce myself as unemployed all the time. I remember <laughs> you saying that. It's the first thing I thought I, of. It's funny, actually funny story kind of relating to this is uh, I flew back from New York yesterday. And I sat next to a girl on the airplane and like, well, obviously like we start talking and she's like, Oh, I own a couple of nail salons down in Orange County, blah, blah, blah. Said, what do you do? I'm like, Oh, I'm unemployed. I, <laughs> I just, it's like it's nothing to be embarrassed about by any means. I, I mean, obviously like you can't talk, tell Marissa to just be, have your boyfriend kind of own it. And then that's obviously different for everyone. Um, but it's, I, there was a time even in my life after college, I had a job for about a year, quit that job to pursue different things. And I was mm-hmm. unemployed for maybe like two or three months. And that was pretty stressful. It's like hard to meet someone and be new and like confident and, and, I don't know. like When you don't like, have
1: an income. Totally. It's yeah. hard to be confident. I think also, but here's the thing, Marissa, your boyfriend is actively trying to find a new job. It's not like you're sitting on the couch just giving up on life. So I don't think he should be embarrassed. Having said that, of course, I can understand if he has some insecurities about it. Um, but hopefully, if he is listening to this podcast as well with you, Marissa, that he should not be embarrassed at all because you know that's just a part of life. Sometimes you lose your job, but you're still actively working. You're still actively working on getting a new job.
2: And that's a whole job within itself. That's a Mm full-time job trying to find a job. So I think, Marissa, you're in the position where you have the job right now to be very supportive of him. But also, I don't think it's necessary for you to divulge any information to your best friend. But maybe just let her understand that right now, you really want her to meet your boyfriend. It's just not the right time.
3: There might be more underlying issues here. than Maybe she's using the unemployment as a crutch as to why she really doesn't want to introduce her boyfriend to her best friend. You know, because it sounds – I'm just trying to t- gain a different perspective here because think about it. If your best friend and your boyfriend haven't met yet, you're honest and open with your best friend about everything just like you should be with your boyfriend. And I don't necessarily see there being the – unemployment being an issue of not introducing them, A. No, oh,
2: but that's or, her, her or, boyfriend saying that.
3: Yeah, her boyfriend saying he doesn't want to No, meet I, I understand that. Absolutely. But I also don't like – you can – Twist it and it's not necessarily even spin it, but it's just like you tell your best friend everything. You tell your boyfriend everything. I don't see why you should limit the amount of honesty that you're having with your best friend.
1: Because I mean, it's, it appears from the email that she's choosing her boyfriend over her best which is friend. Great. She even said, yeah. "I want to be loyal to my boyfriend. Right. I just feel like I'm in the middle. I don't want this to come between our." It's such a
3: simple spin. Just be like, he's in between jobs right now, and that's the end of the conversation. It's not like they're gonna have like a two-hour sit-down about, "Oh, I'm unemployed, and this is why I got fired right, from my Right? But I job. think
2: for her boyfriend's sake, he probably doesn't want her talking, like, for the first time that he's meeting her, or even, like, talking about his personal issues, I wouldn't want, like, someone who's never met me, their first impression of me to be like, oh, you know, like, they're struggling with something. So I understand where her boyfriend is coming from,
1: I'm loving I, Dean in the spin cycle now. I'm, fully I'm under, this. I fully
3: understand that, but it's just such such a simple fix of just saying he's in between jobs right now. His last role didn't work out. It's simple. On to the next thing. He'll figure it out. He'll be unemployed for maybe another two months, two weeks. Don't even say that part. Like, that part's not even necessary. He's yeah, but just that's
2: like. A, he's comfortable with her saying that.
3: I understand that. It's more of an issue with the boyfriend than it is with her or anything like that. And it's not even really an issue. It's just a confidence thing. That's just my take on it. It's like, it's such a small, minor thing and such a temporary
0: thing. That it should be a non-issue. It That's a big thing. I was down for eight months when I was about 23, 24, and <laughs> it's it Oh, it's... Uh, yeah. Every day, it sucks. Right. And I refused to collect unemployment because I felt like that was beneath me until my dad got a hold of me and said, look, it's your money. They've been taking it out of your paycheck for absolutely. years. Go mm-hmm. get it. So I did. But it's really a rough deal. And so I kind of see where he's coming from, but I think she's stuck in a tough situation. I
3: think, to I think for him, there is so much more to gain than just owning up to it, being confident, and not even like... <sighs> Telling everyone, but just like being willing to the best be friend. Open. But yeah, I agree with Dean like, on that one.
2: When no, no, when you're not in the right mental headspace to be yourself, if you're meeting someone who's so significant to your significant other, you want to be that person that you want to come off as like the person that. You are not, you know, like be introverted and be the person that you're like. Y- but you your, du- your career and your job
3: doesn't define who you are. And I'd also say that That's like. Not, it,
2: it's not a job thing. It could be anything. It could be like <laughs> if someone's unhappy with uh, the way, I, I don't know, anything. It certainly like could be anything. But in
3: this instance, it's not anything. It's the one thing. It's the job.
1: And I would also say that if a significant other came up to me and said, I really want you to meet your friend. I know you're feeling insecure right now. I would be like, I need to rise to the occasion and be confident enough to meet your best friend because this is very important to you, obviously. mic drop
0: (laughs) on to the next one Marissa (laughs) let's talk friends (laughs) with benefits this is an anonymous (laughs) email uh, I'm currently taking a class in summer school and college, and on the first day during a presentation, this cute guy sat real close next to me and asked which artwork was mine. Next class, he moved over to the computer next to mine. I didn't give him attention because I got the vibes that he's a player. Mm-hmm. Cliff Notes. Cliff Listening Notes version. Vibe, well, a little late now. He wanted to be friends with benefits. At first, I wasn't keen, but I have a little experience with FWB and figured, <laughs> why not have a summer fling? So far, we've hooked up twice during class breaks, but nice. now... He's being weird, even though I'm not really being needy at all. I can't help but think that if I'd have made him work for it, he would have kept chasing me. Obviously. Uh, He went from texting me all day constantly and giving me so much attention, and now he's nonchalant and distant. I'm wondering why guys are always like this after sex. I don't know what to do. I don't like the vibes I get from him. Would it be wrong of me to enjoy a casual summer fling? Would love to hear your thoughts. Of course not.
2: Well, my first thing is, if it's a casual summer summer fling, then don't get too emotionally involved. I think you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself right here. Good point. Uh, I think that whether or not, if a guy really, and guys, uh, chime in here, if a guy is really into you, whether you, you know, have a sexual encounter with them at the very beginning, or if you make them wait a couple of months, if he's really into you, he's going to stick around.
1: Yeah, of course.
2: Right? Right. So I think in this case, he just wanted, if he, if you got the, I always say this, like your gut is your biggest indicator and always listen to it. So if you got the vibe that he was a player, then. You knew from the beginning that that's what you were getting. Well,
3: and here's the thing with her is she gave him exactly what he was looking for, and then once he got that, he was no longer interested. Exactly, I, it's just one of those things where it's a guy that likes the chase, and once he gets what he wants, then he moves on to the next thing. If and he's he, a player, that's the kind of the vibe you got from
1: him. That's what he is. Yeah, and he even so. said at the beginning he wanted to be friends with benefits. He wasn't lying at all. Like he was very honest from the get go. Yeah. Respect true. that. Respect so, that. So, I know. That and it, yes. it,
0: and it, she needs to see it as such,
1: and it, not really worry if he's being weird. Who cares? Exactly. And there is nothing wrong with that as long as well, you guys are. Both it's on is, the same page and you're like hey let's do this
2: the thing is she was reluctant from the beginning to have Uh, friends with benefits type of relationship and and so like when you're going into something that casual and if you're like reluctant about it then you are going to somehow not catch feelings but you're not going to be able to just walk away from it being like ah i did it no big deal you know right
1: friends with benefits typically ends in one friend getting mm -hmm. feelings and attached and the other one maybe not so much i agree so if you start developing feelings then you need to be open about that i think that would be my advice for anybody with friends with benefits that if you guys are hooking up but one person is starting to catch feelings and you're the person catching feelings you have to say something. Well, and here's the thing, Anonymous. I bet you that if you stop giving him the attention that
3: you've been yep. giving him, he'll probably come running back. I would agree. So maybe that's what you should do is just kind of
1: treat it like you were in the beginning and just kind of take it for what it is. And I think Dean's right on both accounts because one, he'll probably come chasing back and two, it's probably going to help you stop from gaining any feelings if you cut him off. For anyone in this situation, Vanessa, have you ever been in a friends with benefits <clears throat> situation?
2: Never. Dean? See that's the thing. I, I wouldn't even know. Like I'm trying to give anonymous advice, but I'm like, I could never. I know I could. I can't do it.
0: You would fall for the person.
2: Yeah, I'd be like, oh, let's get married tomorrow.
3: I've been in friends with benefit situation. And did you catch feelings or did she? I did not catch feelings. No,
1: and she did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to speak
0: on anyone else's that's, behalf. Okay, I'll just say, why did it end?
1: I did not catch feelings <laughs> because I wanted it to. End. Okay. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, well, you can speak for them if we don't know that's who it awesome. is. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, oh, Jared. Man. Were you ever in this situation? Uh, not like... I mean... I wouldn't say I had a friend with benefits but yeah there's been like somebody that has you know been around more than once and my <laughs> long past my, my past long ago
0: and that just fizzled out or did one of you end it
1: one of us ended it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a tricky thing to even talk about exactly cuz you're just you know it is a mutual ending obviously but <laughs> you know I think one person maybe initiates the conversation before somebody else does I have
3: so. I have maybe have an issue not an issue but I struggle with friends with benefit situations solely because just generally speaking to whether it's my guy friends, my friends who are girls, I'm a very affectionate and like loving person and so when uh, a benefit situation gets involved, then my affection and kindness kind of get taken as... Like yeah, attraction like and, yeah. and like relationships type stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, when wow. in reality, that's it's just tough. like that's just who I am as a
1: friend in general to, to whoever it is. Exactly. Like Dean, you're very touchy feel. Like even there'll be times where Dean's like, yeah, Dean will like just hold, like grab my hand or <laughs> like put his arm around me. I'm like, you're just like a big teddy bear, aren't you? <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. And it can be misconstrued sometimes. But, yeah. And
3: again, like that's entirely to my own fault. Like I, I don't think I should be doing that to someone that's in a friends with benefit situation because <laughs> then mm-hmm. feelings come about and it just It's not necessarily an ugly thing, but it maybe isn't the prettiest thing. So that's yeah, my take not on it. And for
2: everyone. Yeah.
0: All right, this is an interesting one. This is another anonymous one. I met this guy at a bar. We really hit it off. We went on a first date. It was great until he walked me to my car. Never put his arm around me, hold hands, anything like that. But out of nowhere, he tried to kiss me. I was awkward, and then I thought I messed it up, even though the date was really great until then. Then the next day, he asked me when I thought I was going to sleep with him. Oh, my God. I said, I'm not even sure I want to do that yet. Hmm. He freaked out and said, this is weird. He said all of his friends sleep with people after the first or second date, and that he didn't think what? we were going Who to work out. Guy? Exactly. I was just wrong for thinking this way. Then the next day, he sent me a long apology and said he was out of line, and he hadn't had sex for a while. I thanked him for the <laughs> apology, but I thought, that's yeah. it. I'm done with this guy. Well, it's been two weeks ago, and since then, he's texted me every single day, multiple times a day. He insists he wants to be friends. I've considered mm. ghosting him because I'm getting overwhelmed. The other day, he made a weird comment saying, "I need to wear something sexy the next time he sees me to show him no. what he's missing." <laughs> what no. the hell is going
1: on here? Is he just lonely? Yeah, and- he just sucks. I know, oh, poor guy. I mean, <laughs> he just has no idea how to talk to women. He probably hasn't. Uh, he probably hasn't been laying in a while, so it's just like <laughs> building up. Exactly. It's, you know, sexual frustration is a very real thing. It sounds like he struggles with maintaining a certain level of
3: respect for someone, too, I feel like. Like, you don't just try and you don't come outwardly to someone after a date or two. Like, what are we having sex? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then the thing at the end, too, when he said, I think you should wear something sexy next time we see each other so you can show me what I'm missing. That's just a disrespectful thing to say. Yeah.
2: I don't know if I'm like, I like the whole ghosting thing. I hate it when people do it to me. So I wouldn't want to do it to someone else, even if I'm really not into that person, even if they're disrespectful. I want to let them know why I want to end the communication. So I wouldn't necessarily say ghost the person, just maybe let them let him or her understand why um, you don't want to pursue this anymore.
0: Mm.
1: because really why do you need this guy in your life
2: I don't see any
1: upside there I don't see any upside either and I think uh, while I don't back up ghosting maybe sometimes it is useful I don't hate it I've done it maybe not so much in my recent life I just can't fathom what it must take for
3: like to put myself in those shoes because I often try to do that with especially these emails is just asking a girl
1: blatantly and outright so when are we having sex I mean it just sounds like a guy who has no idea what he's doing right and he's like well uh, this is you know I just this is what guys say right like I sound cool and he's—I bet—he's trying to sound suave when he's like, "Show me what I'm missing," even though it just comes off so creepy and weird.
2: And that's like fine if you've been dating for a while. It's like, "Ooh, send me some like, you know, like wear something cute next time I see you." That's yeah, fine. of course. Like, you, no, you haven't even gotten there yet. So no,
1: no yeah, no, no. no, I agree. He's just he—he's coming off way too strong.
0: Another anonymous, I recently went on vacation with friends and met a group of guys during a night out. One of the guys started talking to me. We spent hours together. We had great conversation and we kissed. We ended up seeing each other the next night as well. And then he sent me the sweetest text before my flight home. And here it is. I hope you have a safe trip back. I just want you to know you were by far my favorite part of this trip. Mm -hmm. I wanted to kiss the most beautiful girl in Miami. And thanks to you, I did. I won't forget you. So don't forget me. Thank you for the wonderful time. I I told him, if he's ever in my state, let me know. He said, hey, I looked up the distance. It's only three hours away, so definitely doable. I said, three hours is nothing. (laughs) I have not heard from him since. Hmm. He was such a great guy. I felt such a connection to him. He can be the nicest man ever, but why not talk to me again? Why bother sending those sweet texts? Any insight? on what's going on in his head or any advice on
1: what I should do.
3: I think the first thing you need to do is just acknowledge the fact that this was a vacation hookup. Exactly.
1: That's it. I think so. Don't overthink it. He was so good. He was so sweet. He was so nice. Just have that memory and then move on. It was perfect. Just just it was perfect. It was. Exactly. Don't ruin it. It's perfect. That's, I mean, that's the long and short of it, I think. Like, I, it, it was a vacation hookup. The only question I'd have would be how recently was this vacation? Was it, like, two days ago or was it, like, six months it ago? It sounds recent. She said recently. I know. That's all. So I don't yeah. know what recently is to her. Vanessa?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's why I don't have flings because I wouldn't know what to do with this situation. <laughs> But yeah, I guess like the guy said It's a vacation hookup So yeah,
1: it Take it's sound- for what
2: it is And plus he doesn't live in your area So
1: And he was so nice with that text Just like be like You know what That was a good one But see, that's the
2: thing. When guys send these cute text messages after like a fun weekend or after a fun date, it kind of plays around with the girl's head or the guy's head, whatever.
3: So, what you're saying? Don't send those messages. Yeah, don't. No, I'm
2: saying maybe just like I don't know. There's no, there's no right or wrong. He he shouldn't have been. uh, He shouldn't have said like, oh, I looked up the distance. It's only three hours away. And So I would have been like, ooh, yeah, maybe we can do long distance.
1: I guess that would be the only one. Would be the three hours. You probably shouldn't have said that. B- bit misleading, but again,
3: he's just like, you know, maybe he was still fresh off the emotions as well, still yeah. like feeling it, and he was like, oh, well, let's continue to flirt, and now he's like, ah, maybe not anymore. Totally. Vacation's
0: not real life. You get back to your regular routine, <laughs> and vacation fades from memory. I also like, and that's true even in my world with a wife and kids. We go on vacation, we're like, this is the greatest. We should live here forever, and they're mm-hmm. like, no, this isn't real life. There's no job here. We have nothing to do. We have no responsibilities. No, how We've been time- all day looking for fun and
1: finding it. Right. Totally. How many times have you met somebody on a vacation, would it be a friend or like, like somebody, or mother than a friend being like, oh, I'm going to come visit you. Like, oh, you live here, Bob. I'm going to be there all the time, blah, blah, blah. Then you get back home and a week later, you're like, I'm never going there. What was I thinking? Why did I even say that? Because you're
3: never, yeah, you don't have the responsibilities of everyday life, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, I will say I'm like on a permanent vacation because I get to spend every Tuesday with you guys. Oh,
1: God, this guy, he's so Where's sweet.
2: I like that, Dean. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Any other emails, Mark?
2: Application. Not casual
0: uh, hook not for me. Yeah, uh, that's, let's that's see. Yeah, I, I think we could one. wrap it up. We could say, the, how about this one? We'll wrap it up with this one. I love the anonymous. So many anonymous. They're things. so great. I'm glad they're anonymous, though. You know, don't put names out there. This is a very common situation. My best friend's been dating a guy for a while, and none of us like him. He's very possessive, doesn't trust her, even though she's done nothing to make him act like that. They fight all the time in front of everyone. It just seems like an unhealthy relationship. She's told me more than once that she isn't sure about him. She wants to be in a healthy relationship with a guy that treats her better. But I don't think she's willing to end this thing. It seems she would rather be with this guy than be alone. Our whole friend group is either engaged or married. Mm. Do I just let it play out and let her figure it out herself? Or do I intervene more and try to talk her into ending things? Help, my friend sucks at dating. (laughs) I don't think you should talk
3: her into ending things. I think you could be a sounding board for the types of issues that she's dealing with and maybe allow herself to come to the conclusion that it shouldn't be for her. Like when I when I think I about it, like my roommate or one of my, one of my best friends was in a relationship and I never told him what to do, but I was always there to listen and offer my opinion on things. But I don't think you should ever talk someone into ending a relationship.
1: I think that was the perfect advice. Honestly, yeah. what you said yeah. first, I was like, that was... Perfect. Could not be worded better. What about the, less, the rest of it? Just the first part? I stopped paying attention.
3: <laughs>
0: Vanessa, you agree?
2: Yeah, I agree. I think you should always offer uh, advice and, and not tell the person what you think that they should do. And at the end of the day, people will end up waking up whenever they feel like they need to get out of something, or if they don't, then that's, that's something that they should be in you know like we kind of like i know the type of relationship that i want to be in doesn't necessarily mean that my friends want to be in the same relationship as me so maybe this is something right. that you know she needs to be going through right now and and if she needs to break up with him later on she'll uh she'll see the light yeah
0: we just need to be there for each other we yeah. need to support each other
3: all the time through the That's good and the got. bad um all right well that'll do it for another episode of help i suck at dating with dean vanessa jared and mark
0: um, okay. Big, <laughs>
3: big thank you to uh, Chelsea Trescott for calling in and offering some breaking up coaching. Uh, remember to check out her website. Uh, breakupward.com, not breakupward.com. That was amazing. So big thank you to Brooke Lennons for just being an incredible sponsor, having incredible mm. sheets. The that best. Jared just raves about it. I every cannot wait day. to go home just to go to bed. <laughs> uh, best of luck to Ariana and Pete. May you guys both have a wonderful and prosperous relationship. Uh, be sure to tune in next week for Help I
0: Suck at Dating because maybe then we'll suck a little bit less. Follow Help by Suck at Dating with Dean Vanessa and Jared on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.